0: We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. You can bring the first slide up if you want. Now, just to warn you, I made this PowerPoint. Oh yeah. Thank you. Now, Rory says that with a genuine heart because he knows how much I I am an expert at using things like PowerPoint. So, for those of you who are more tech savvy and do weird colors and zipping, I don't know. Anyway, it's pretty much black writing with some pictures, but hopefully it will be an encouragement or helpful for you to follow what I'm saying. So you can keep your eyes up there, but try and listen to what I'm saying as well. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, and we can do the reading together today because it's not that long. So after 3, we'll read this. You don't have to say, that. oh, you have to, oh. You can leave. The, you can leave the slide and People can read from the slide. That's no problem. So, after three, don't worry about the one Corinthians fourteen one bit. Just read the uh, the verse itself. Are you ready? One, two, three. Pleasantly surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. That was, I was expecting a little bit more quiet. There's some energy in there. I think. Uh, no, oh, I like it. So we're going to do that again at some point. It's always good to read things out, try and remember it. It's quite a short verse. If you can, we'll, we'll do it later. We'll try and memorize it. We'll test you. So before we actually get into the verse, we're going to zoom back out. Next slide. I'm going to look at a bit of context. As you can see, context. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was just excited by my own PowerPoint. Um <laughs> Anyway, um, the writer of the letter is Paul, and he is writing the church in Corinth, and he, in this uh, letter, there are quite a few things that he challenges, different topics and so on. This is not a conclusive overview of the entire letter, these are just some of the things that he tackles in there. Um, So you can see in chapter 1 to 5, he talks about division, immorality, chapters 6 to 11... Use of the gifts in chapters 12 to 14 and the gospel of Christ for the rest of it. And the reason that we're zooming out is because the bit that we're going to be looking at is the 12 to 14 bit. And there are some things in there that Paul is writing about to challenge the church to to instruct them and so on. And we're not going to go into depth of all of those things. We're going to be focusing on what I feel is the main thrust or what Paul is trying to communicate through chapters 12 to 14 by zooming back in. But before we do, we're going to zoom in a little bit to the next slide. And we we'll be looking at 12 to 14. Chapter 12 and 13 kind of build towards chapter 14. And what they are helpful in is, is giving us a little bit of a foundation or a starting point or a place from which we can use spiritual gifts. There's a little bit of a list of spiritual gifts in there, which is helpful, but it's not a conclusive list. It's not all the gifts that there are. But what Paul does is he first wants to encourage us in these three things. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So we see that, firstly, it is God Who gives the gifts? He has the one, he is the one who has decided that this is a good thing to do. He is the one who manifests them among us by his spirit. The spirit is God, it is God doing it, it is God manifesting those gifts. And so we can take great comfort in knowing that it is not something that we are trying to drum up ourselves or we are trying to achieve ourselves or be good at. It is a manifestation of the spirit. God gives them. And all are included. To each is given. So, I've done this before, I'm going to try it again. If everyone can look me in the eyes, I'm going to try and make contact, eye contact with everybody in this room. Are you ready? I'd, a Drum roll as well, please. I think, yeah. This is a long drum roll, I'm sorry. This is harder than I thought. Okay. Nearly there. Speed the drum roll up. I think we're there. Okay. Did anyone feel like I didn't give them eye contact? If so, please stand. Look at me. Okay. Just two. I was just too focused on <laughs> <laughs> So you weren't looking at me, Dan. There we go. That's the problem <laughs> um, What was the point of that? Um, all are included. So to each is given. If I've given you eye contact in that moment and you are in Christ, you are included in that statement. That to each is given by the manifestation of the Spirit. Different gifts. And so I want to encourage you. That if God says it, then it is true. (laughs) You're included. You are included. Some people in here might feel like, uh, I just, I don't, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of the gifted in the spiritual way types. Well, as I said, the list of spiritual gifts is not conclusive in 1 Corinthians 12. There are loads of different things that God has gifted us with. And so be encouraged, you're included in that list. All are needed. So one Corinthians twelve, eighteen, twenty. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Okay. So again, from those from those verses there we can be encouraged that it is God who is doing what he's doing. He is arranging the members. So what that means is that we are not all the same. Uh, I need a volunteer. Ben. Yeah, can you can you come? <laughs> he volunteered with his eyes. <laughs> okay. Ben has a body. And I would say it's a pretty fine specimen. Yeah. In terms of bodies, it's not too bad. Minus hamstrings maybe. Yeah, yeah. In joke, sorry. So Ben has hands. He has feet. He has knees. And so on. Lots of different types of things in his body. Um, If he were just a single member, he would not look like this. If he were just a sternum, it would just be weird. (laughs) He'd just be (laughs) kind of oblong and flat. But he isn't. He has many different members. Now, in this moment... Are there any bits of the body you could be doing without Ben? No. Is there any that that you wouldn't mind me taking off you? No. Okay. So we don't need to get the scissors. You'd like to keep all of the members of your body. Yeah. Would you like to walk over there and walk back for me? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Ben. Now... Ben used quite a lot of his body to do that. Lots of stuff going on inside as well that we can't see. But I think most of your body was used in that process. So thank you, Ben. You've been a great example. You can sit down. <laughs> Although I've never seen anyone walk with totally not using their arms before. <laughs> I was hoping for a bit more of a sway. It was a bit <laughs> Thunderbirds are go. Um, all are needed and so be encouraged as I've said already you are included but actually you are also vital you're vital to the body to function correctly I have a hand and a foot, I can't say to the foot I can't tell my hand to say to the foot I don't need you or I can't say as the hand I'll do the foot's job Because it won't work. God has arranged the members of the body as he sees fit. He has made you who you are because that's who he chose to make you. He has gifted you with what he has gifted you because that is what he chose to gift you with. And what he has gifted you with is vital to the function of the body. And so I want to encourage you, if you're ever feeling, well, it doesn't really matter what I do in the church or what I do for my brothers and sisters... Actually, yeah, it does. Because as a body, we want to function well. We want to move right. And nothing is left out. Nothing is a a sort of vacant part, unnecessary. Be encouraged. Everything that God has put in you is to bless me and to bless your brothers and sisters in here. If you are using that correctly, we are more blessed. If you are neglecting that, then we are less blessed, less functioning, as it were. Next slide. So chapter 12 gave us a, yeah, there's a picture, I found that online, um, a, an idea of what it is to all be included and to be a member of this body that Christ has put together, and that we're all there together. I'll say together one more time. <laughs> in 1 Corinthians 13, we see Paul talk about love. 1 Corinthians 13, 1, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. What's important here is to get hold of not an instruction, therefore, to do gifts better. Like we can earn or deserve our way or sort of practice our way to be the best we can be at gifts. But actually, it's to get hold of the heart of it. Because really, what we want to do is be more like Christ. And what Jesus did is when he looked out on the crowd or whatever, you can, you can read about how he's moved with compassion. He has a great deal of love. God has a great deal of love. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. That is a motivation of love that is common with God. And we want to have that same motivation. And we're more interested in love, in the motivation, in the reason behind, in the purpose from which we express spiritual gifts than we are in the gift. So... It goes on to speak in those verses about how you can do incredible things, powerful, mighty things. But actually, if you have not love, they're a waste of time. So things can happen, but actually, we want to get hold of love as the motive. If we do that, we'll find that we can get rid of competition. There's kind of like a double edge to competition in the sense that there are those who like want to compete and want to be the best and want to win and that can happen in the church there can be sort of almost like a i don't know a spirituality contest look at me i'm being the most spiritual aren't i by check me out i can do this this and that and the other paul actually goes on to address that in chapter 14 when he's talking about prophecy and tongues because in the Corinthian church, they've kind of got into let's just all yeah check me out tongues 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 I'm really spiritual no do stuff that's going to encourage each other so there can be that side of the competitive spirit and we don't want that but there's also kind of being in the recipient of thinking that other people are like that and so rather than express or use spiritual gifts you feel actually um, you know. I'm quite happy with the way people view me. And if I step out and use a spiritual gift, maybe one that I've not used before, or if I'm not sure, if I'm nervous, or I'm not sure how I'll sound, I'm not sure how I'll look, well people might lose respect for me. Therefore I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna stay quiet, just gonna, you know, maybe build respect in other ways, but actually I'm not gonna compete. And that is also not very loving. Because actually, the whole purpose of using spiritual gifts, like we saw in 1 Corinthians 12, is that they are for the common good. It is to build one another up. It is to help each other. It is to comfort each other, console each other. And so if we're operating from a place of love, even if we're nervous, even if we're shy, even if we there's the potential of making a mistake or looking silly or whatever, we're going to go for it because we want to bless. Because that's God's heart. So we're not in competition. Okay, zooming all the way back in now to 1 Corinthians 14 1. So, should we read it again together? After three? One, two, three. Energy levels have gone down a bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably to do with me. I'm, I apologize. I've been sort of boring you. Let's try again. After three, one, two, three. <laughs> Excellent. We need energy for this next point because when we look into this verse, what we see here is a summing up, as it were, of what we've just been taught in chapters 12 and 13 by pursuing love and earnestly desiring spiritual gifts it also helps us propel into what chapter 14 is going to teach. There's a little bit more of a specific uh, instruction in terms of order and ways that gifts are used, a comparison, and the reason for gifts as well. Now, I want to, I want to just say something before I kind of get into this point, is that as a church, I feel incredibly privileged to be led by leaders who encourage the use of spiritual gifts in our corporate meetings, in our core groups, in our prayer meetings, wherever. It is something that is in our DNA as a church. This is not, hopefully, new to you. <laughs> the things that I've been saying shouldn't be, who, didn't know that. I'm just wanting to encourage you because actually I stand here very, very blessed to be in the receipt of spiritual gifts that have been active in this church. There are so many people, as I look around this room, who I who have come to me at different times, encouraged me with prophecies, prayed for me in different ways, in, invited me into their homes with hospitality, whatever it might be. I stand in the good of a church that is exercising spiritual gifts. Please hear me. But I also want to encourage us that there is more. There is more that God can do among us. And often when we are in a church that has the norm, if you like, of yes, we use spiritual gifts, you can get into a little bit of a routine. So you can arrive on a Sunday, quite common, a couple of songs will go, a little bit of praying out, another song, maybe some tongues, la 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 la, and so on. Brilliant, very encouraging. But have you turned up at the meeting just expecting it to always be the same? Just expecting, well, someone will do this, someone will do that. There's not a great deal of anticipation in your heart. There's not a great deal of preparation in your heart. Well, my encouragement today is that together we pursue love, so we have a good motive in us, (laughs) and expressed from that motive, we will earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So earnestly, I googled it, and there's some words here that express what earnestly means. I'm going to read them out. With sincere and intense conviction. So that might be what earnest means. Seriously, solemnly, gravely, soberly, sincerely, intently, resolutely, firmly, ardently, uh, fervently. Have I said that twice? No. Warmly, keenly, eagerly, intensely, zealously. My challenge is, how do you view spiritual gifts and are you pressing in? Are you earnestly desiring them? Is there a conviction in you to go after this? Well, I hope there is, because if we're motivated by love, we'll want to bless each other. And in 1 Corinthians 14.3, it gives us the purpose. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Now, why is there this focus on prophecy? Well, actually, because it's probably the best gift at doing that. All the gifts do those things. All those gifts upbuild, encourage, console. Prophecy does it the best. So it gives that example of prophecy to say, guys, if you're going to go for anything, go for prophecy, <laughs> because that is something that is going to bring, revelation is going to bring a destiny to people, knowing people's rootedness, giving them a future, giving them hope, telling them about how much God loves them, how God's got purpose for them, what he's going to do through them, what he's going to do through us as a church, etc., etc. So prophesy, and we're encouraged later on that, you know, seek all the gifts, especially prophecy, because we want to be effective at building each other up. Now, is this looking inward? No. (laughs) God is giving us this instruction to press in, to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Why? Because it gives him more glory. He loves to bless and has blessed us in Christ massively. We are saved. We have been given, just all that we've been singing this morning, given new life in Christ. But he doesn't just stop there. He pours out his spirit onto us. The song that Deborah sang out, Jumping into the river, he has opened up, he has given us a promise of the Spirit. Why? So that we can be built up, encouraged, consoled, so that we can live for him, that we can proclaim his gospel, that we can be bold to tell others about Christ. When we get together, that's what we want to do, isn't it? We want to glorify God. We want to encourage each other. We want to see all the blessings that God has for us poured out. And he has many blessings. We're already very blessed. But actually, he continually helps us to be more free. He continually helps us to understand him, to be encouraged, to be strengthened, to have revelation. By using spiritual gifts for each other. We get to take part in that. I mean, that's, I, I don't understand it necessarily, but he's decided to do it that way, that he can encourage us on our own. You can be praying on your own and receive great revelation and encouragement. Please do that. But actually, when we're together, God wants to use us to encourage each other. So my encouragement is, let's press into this stuff. There is so much more. Later on in, in chapter 14, after Paul's been talking about prophecy in tongues and, you know, let's not just speak in tongues, because if the unbeliever comes in, so somebody who, who doesn't know Christ, doesn't really know what's going on in a, in a Christian meeting, as it were, and you're all just speaking in tongues, he's going to be like, what? You know, and kind of leave. But if you're all prophesying, he'll be cut to the heart, and he'll be like, whoa, God is really among you. I'd like to see some of that. And the motivation behind it is Beautiful. Because it's not that we're doing a seeker-friendly meeting. Let's all try and be really nice or really sort of colorful and have excellent music because that's what's going to win the unbeliever. No, prophesying is what's going to win the unbeliever. The Spirit of God at work among us is what's going to win the unbeliever because that provokes... The truth of Christ to come out of us, it provokes us to speak into people's lives with boldness and say, God can impact your life. He knows this about you, He knows that about you, He knows this. This is a promise for you. I'd like to see some of that. And we can see some of that, and we are seeing that, but we can see more of it. So are you and in a place where you are have a, a deep conviction? to go after spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Okay, finally. Next slide. I'm going to end with some questions. So, first question, are you, are you a Christian? And are you filled with the Spirit? Acts 2, 38, 39. Peter uh, is addressing a crowd. So at this point, uh, the Holy Spirit has just been poured out for the first time. Stuff's kicking off. People are asking what's going on. Peter's explaining it. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So, first question, are you saved? If you're not, if you don't know Christ, if you don't know the work that he's done for you, you can be saved today. You can have your sins forgiven today. That is available for you. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. There's a promise. And I would say we fall into the category of those far off. Because this was quite a while back. (laughs) The promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So as I ask this question. Hopefully a lot of you will be able to give me a direct answer back. Are you filled with the Spirit? Yes, no or I don't know. If you don't know. The promise is for you. If you are in Christ, you can be filled with the Spirit. Have you got the context? Body member in love. As we move forward, let's pursue love. As we pursue love, let's get rid of any attitude that might be bothered with our own appearance or what we look like, or how we sound, and more bothered with how is God going to use me today to bless my brothers and sisters. I tend to roll up to a meeting, currently, uh, reasonably quick out of bed. So we have a small baby at the moment, and we're just changing bedtimes and all that sort of thing. So like, literally, a, like, about an hour and a half ago, I was still in bed. So I've not done a great deal of preparation in terms of praying for hours this morning before coming here to see what it is that God wants to use me to say. Now, obviously, I've done some preparation for this, um, but on an average Sunday when I'm not preaching, I roll in, and you know what? I can do my preparation in a couple of seconds. Holy Spirit, I'm here today to give you glory. I'm here to worship you, Lord. I want to open up my heart, Lord, if there's anything you want to say to me to encourage anyone else, will you please speak to me? And I want to encourage my brothers and sisters. And then I just crack on. (laughs) Now, please do prepare for hours beforehand in prayer and so on if you can. But actually have a heart of love. Don't see it as a method. (laughs) But out of a place of love, come prepared to bless. What is it that God's going to say to us today? Have you got the context? So, final question, are you doing it? It's a good question. (laughs) Are you pressing in? 1 Corinthians 14, 26. What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Let's keep going with this stuff. When we turn up on a Sunday, when we turn up on a Friday, when we go to our core group midweek, let's go for this stuff because we want to see the church being built up. And again, a little list there. It's not a conclusive list, (laughs) but let's come prepared. Let's press in. We're going to respond in a minute. I've kept it reasonably short today because we want to just have a bit of a continuation of what we were just doing before I started preaching which is listening to God, asking the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us, and we're going to respond. And the response might be quite varied. I'm going to pray to start with. Tom's going to hopefully come up and uh, do some songs. We're going to worship, and then we're going to press in. And there are a couple of things that I'm going to pray about in a minute. And so as I pray, if you want to respond, uh, you can do that. I'm going to pray that if you haven't been filled with the Spirit before, you can be. I'm going to pray that if you are maybe a little bit locked up in terms of your motivation behind things, so not really being able to operate in love, not knowing what that is to come, and, and exercising gifts with love, with not ambition, not trying to do things with your own way, but actually having that place of love. I'm going to pray for that as well. And then I'm also just going to pray that God comes and gives gifts, and then that as we finish worshipping and pressing him to him, we will hopefully have some gifts exercised to build each other up. You up for that? Okay. So if you want to stand, I'm going to pray. Mm. Mighty God. Mm. Yeah, Lord God, I just... Lord, thank you for what you've been saying to us already this morning. Reminding us that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. That we are made alive... In Christ the Holy Spirit you invite us to come jump in the river Lord you invite us to know that you are all that we need and so Holy Spirit I just pray right now would you come Lord, if there are those who've got an answer to the question, are you filled with the Spirit, with which I'm not sure, (laughs) Holy Spirit, will you come right now and bring revelation to them? Let them know that there is a promise for them, that they can be filled with power from on high. Come, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for the root of all that we do to be love. Lord, would you fill our hearts with compassion? Jesus, would you teach us to be more like you? Lord, would you reveal your heart towards us and let that capture our heart so that we might express that in what we do, be it through spiritual gifts, action, whatever. Lord, where there has been a feeling of competition or competing. Lord God, would you deal with that today? Let there be repentance of that today. Lord, let there be freedom from that today. That people would be free to move in spiritual gifts. That there'll be nothing holding them back, Lord. And Lord, I just pray right now, will you come and begin to speak to us? Holy Spirit, will you come and fill each one of us? Holy Spirit, will you come and bring encouragement to us Lord are you going to heal people Lord are you going to set people free Lord are you going to come and bring revelation to people we had a prophecy recently about how God wanted to open up new places things that were hidden new rooms Holy Spirit will you come and will you begin to open things up to us Lord will you begin to, to speak to our hearts what it is that you have for us to do What are you leading us into as a church? Lord, we come to you right now. Holy Spirit, we come to you right now and we listen to you. We ask, fill us. Fill us, Lord. Come and speak to us. Come and reveal things to us as we worship you now. In Jesus' name.